to the Crossroad International Church podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. to preach on prayer, okay? Well, that's pretty easy. Well, it, it is in a sense, but it's like dumping the, you know, Atlantic Ocean into a CIC coffee mug, right? I mean, how do you, where do you start and where do you even go, I mean, you know, in a two-hour message, right? I mean, <clears throat> a few of you appreciate that later. Um, no, in, in about a you know, half-hour to 40-minute message, how do you even begin? And I, I'll be honest, I honestly wrote almost probably four sermons. Like, I did one, then I actually went in a different direction, did another one, then didn't, it just was like on and on. And I ended up with what's on this paper here. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But I just want, I stand up here, and I, I understand that many, I'm a pastor of this church, and many of you see the pastor and you know, I don't know what you think of me. Uh, hopefully some of it's good, but, you know, a lot of times we can look at people that are like pastors and things and think, man, they must just have the most amazing time with God. I mean, they must wake up every morning, you know, quoting the King James Bible by memory and, you know, singing just praises and skip through the day and, you know, turn on the radio and God probably just interrupts the channel to talk to them in the radio and, just whatever. I mean, it's just like this. You, you, you tend to think of us way up here, but I'll be honest with you. Um, there are times in my life, and even since I've been a pastor, where I experience dry seasons in prayer. And my hope today, as I minister this, is to be as transparent with you as I can. And, and hopefully for the majority, I would guess, in this room is, are going to relate to this message. There's probably a few people in here, and maybe you've got the prayer thing down, and, you know, but you know, maybe you've had seasons. And So I want to speak to those of us that struggle with prayerlessness today. When it's so hard to just even stop for a moment to, to pray to God, when it feels like your prayer ba- ba- barely gets out of your mouth and just bounces off the ceiling, and, and it's just like, God, where are you? Why does it feel like I'm just speaking to the wall or just speaking to myself or just trying to manufacture something just to make myself feel good? And so this message today is really for, for you and for all of us to understand how we can rediscover, if you will, a life full of prayer, a prayer-filled life. And I hope I'm not the only one in this room that feels this way because it could be a long time half an hour if, if you don't, but I, I just want to speak to you, to speak to us, and ask God who would do the same. So one of the questions we asked on our social media is, is, is prayer a discipline, or is it a freedom? 
Is prayer a discipline or is it a freedom? Think about that for a minute. And, you know, <clears throat> in one sense, I think when, when things are going really well and you barely open your mouth and you sense the presence of God and just a, a heartbeat and it's just rolling, I think prayer is a freedom that you would love. You just, you can't wait, right? You can't wait to get into those moments where you can just be with God and commune with him and hear his voice. And when you read your Bible, it just comes alive. Those moments, that's, those are freedoms. But then I think, you know, there's times when we come into those seasons where, you know what, I'm not feeling it because we're not emotionally, we're not supposed to be driven by emotion. Emotions can mislead us. So there's times when it has to become like, we need to set markers in our life. So, you know, let me set some time in the morning early to get up and we can get into some time with prayer, just quiet time before we start. And and so there's, there are some disciplines that do, in one sense, it is a discipline to make sure that we're carrying out what we're supposed to do. So the tricky answer to that question is it's really both, isn't it? It's both a freedom and it is a discipline. Um, where I ended up with, with preparation here is, is a book. Uh, it's called Enjoy Your Prayer Life. Uh, has anybody heard this book? No. Okay, listen to me. Listen, if you don't do anything else. Enjoy Your Prayer Life by Michael Reeves. If you need to be reminded, let me know. It takes you probably 30 minutes to read through. It's a tiny little book. And it was just so refreshing to hear this guy's perspective. And so uh, quite a bit of the message today is going to be drawn from some of the things that he brings out in this book. And I, I really would encourage you to read it and to make it a part of your quiet time because it, just the way he explains it is, is really, it's just really well done. And it was really needed and it was really beneficial to me. So I'd recommend it to you. So here's the deal. If, if we think that prayer is some abstract exercise somehow on its own, okay? This thing that we do that we have to set aside time for, all right? The answer to a better prayer life will always default to practical tips and techniques. How many of us have a, how many prayer apps do you have on your phone? Prayer reminders, uh, maybe you got a journal app. I don't know about you, I mean, maybe I'm the only one that's bad, but I mean, I've got, I've got like five prayer journal apps you know, that I've used, I used for a couple weeks, and then, you know, it's gone. It just sits in the back of my phone somewhere. Those prayer minders, you know, that come through, pray for this place today, pray for this day today, this place, that place, all these types of things, prayer diaries. Um, Hey, listen, you know, I was, uh, one thing, you know, I prayed, I never know, prostrate? Okay, not the other word, prostrate. (laughs) I'm always like hesitant to say that, you know. Well, wow, look, he, he like lays on his face and prays. He must be super. So, hey, let's all just lay on our face and pray because it must be good, right? Listen, that is a technique. That is something, you know, that is, it can be used as part of prayer. But what happens in this case is that prayer becomes burdensome, a burdensome duty, okay? Or even sometimes we think there's like, it's like a magic spell or that we've got to get all these things in order and just write for God to answer us. Come on, tell me somebody's here that agrees. We wonder, how many times have you prayed a prayer and it's not answered? And you're like, well, shoot, maybe I need to speak it in Spanish and God will understand. Or, 
you know, maybe I just wasn't in the right posture. Maybe I should kneel. Maybe I should stand. Maybe I should walk and pray. I mean, you wonder these things, but these are all techniques and these are things that can help your prayer life. But the moment that we put the emphasis on that and just think just by doing that is going to somehow change something, we will fall short of what it is we're going for. I promise you. John Calvin, he rightly calls prayer the chief exercise of faith. The chief exercise of faith. Prayer is the primary way true faith expresses itself. Okay? Prayer is the primary way true faith expresses itself. Prayerlessness is thus equal to a lack of belief in God. Stay with me now. If prayer is the primary way true faith expresses itself, when we are not praying, it is not as much a problem with your prayers as it is with your faith. I read online this, this quote, and it said this. It says, faith is the engine of prayer. If you imagine a locomotive on a train, right? Faith is the engine of prayer. God's promises are the fuel and discipline are the rails. Faith is the engine. God's promises fuel that engine and discipline is what keeps us headed where we need to go. You see, if I had this cool little detector you know, it was like a little thing. It's like, ding, 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 ding. And it would, it would pick up, you know, people that are super, super good at prayer, you know. And if I started going across, you know, ding, 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 ding. And it showed in a moment, once I kind of hovered it over you, what your prayer life was like to everybody. How many of us would be like, that's me. Come, come over here. Show, let's show it. You know? Come on now, seriously, right? You're all here, right? You're not sleeping. I know this is hard, but just think about that for a second. Because see, the deal is this. Your prayer life reveals how much you really want communion with God and how much you really depend on him. If we are in a situation, why is it when everything hits the fan, when the world is going haywire, everything's falling apart, and you have nothing left, what do you do? God help me, right? When everything's going well, what do you do? I got it. I got this. That's good. Why is it that we always wait to that point where we're just, everything's falling apart at the very end? Then we're like, maybe I should, you know, give a call to the guy, you know, upstairs and get something going here. We are constantly supposed to be in communion with God. All right? We depend on him. The lack of or the greatness of our prayer life does not affect, just so you know, and this is a point I want to make, your security in Christ, just so you know. Okay? This isn't a gauge. And I think sometimes we sit there and we're like, you know, this, if I'm being true here, truthful, you know, when, when a prayer, you pray for something and it doesn't happen, you know, you're kind of like, well... You know, maybe the, the prayer meter isn't pegged out quite high enough to get 
you know, something in return. You know, we're always looking at that. And, and the deal is this, is that you are sealed by the Holy Spirit in Christ. So you can never, don't ever question that you're not saved or that you're not, God doesn't still love you, all right? The amount of time you spend in prayer does not somehow affect his love for you. Just like with your children, those of you that have children, you know, there are days that you just, you could probably almost just leave them, you know, on, with somebody else for a very long time because they frustrate you. But at, the, but at the end of it all, they're still your son or daughter, right? No matter what they do, no matter how crazy they are, they're still your son or daughter. And hopefully you do love them regardless. You see, the lack of our, in our prayer life, it, only, it doesn't affect our security, but it does reveal our spiritual maturity our level of hypocrisy, and how deep our love truly is for God. If prayer is the chief exercise of faith, then you can be sure that there will be a fight against it. Do you understand that? Can, I just need to ask a question just so I, I feel like I can go on. Does anyone struggle at times with prayer? Just raise your hand. Okay. Everyone else with their hands down, I know you do too. It's, it's fine. Because <laughs> you're human. But I want to encourage you in the sense of this is such a vital thing that you can bet that everything that the world has to offer, everything that Satan, the enemy, can throw against you, and everything within your flesh will fight against prayer. How many can say amen to that? Hey, I set my alarm early so I can get up. I'm going to get up, boop, 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 Jesus, you know, and pray, and it's going to be amazing. The alarm goes off, and like, no. No, uh, just kind of laying on the pillow like, God, I love you. You're great. You know, and that's the extent of your prayer time with God that morning. Right? We're just being real today. Can I do that? Because it's hard. It's hard. Because everything is against you. Because when you pray, things happen. When you are doing something, not just in the morning, but even through the day, when you're just walking down or you're having a problem at work and can't figure it out, and you just stop in that moment and say, God, help me. What have you done? You've prayed. You have established communion with God and communication with God, and then God is now able to do something through you. But how many times do we just skip that step because we're in a hurry or everything else? because you just don't feel like it, because you're tired, because you're uncomfortable. Whatever it is, it's because prayer is effective and works, and it changes things. And the enemy wants nothing more than to stop you from that. What are some examples of prayer and faith? Let's look at a person here that probably most of you will recognize, uh, a gentleman by the name of Martin Luther. And then he was asked, I mean, I don't know how you're feeling so far uh, about where your prayer life and where you're at and stuff. If it's bad, I'm going to make you feel worse. Just, it's coming. Um, when Martin Luther was asked one evening that he'd be doing, what he'd be doing the next day, he replied this. Work. Work from early till late. In fact, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. And when I read that, 
the first pastoral spiritual comment out of my mouth is who talks like this? Where is this guy from? I mean, when I'm busy, God, you got like from my time I exit the house to like I get to the car and that's our time in the morning. Who is this guy, right? And I tell you what, like, thank you, Martin Luther, for making me feel like a complete loser, all right? I mean, gosh, I feel like such a sinner. I am, we are, but, but it just doesn't that like, it just really doesn't do much for me. All right, now that we're at the bottom, Let's, let me help you out just a little bit. So I continued reading about Martin and I came across another, another excerpt from him. Okay, and listen to this. Same person. It says, on another occasion, Luther wrote the following. It was a friend of his. And this is what he's telling his friend. He says, you extol me so much. Your high opinion of me shames and tortures me. Since, unfortunately, I sit here Life of fool, like a fool and hardened in leisure. I pray little. I do not sigh for the church of God. In short, I should be ardent in spirit, but I'm ardent in the flesh, in lust, laziness, leisure, and sleeplessness. Already eight days have passed in which I have written nothing, in which I have not prayed or studied, This is partly because of temptations of the flesh, partly because I am tortured by other burdens. Every person, every human being, if you are human, you will struggle with prayer at times. And so I want to just say, after we went through all this stuff and you felt really bad and horrible, is I want to encourage you that you are not alone. And you know what? One of the prayers of this church, for me, for this church, and and I see glimpses of it, is that we are transparent and we are open and we are honest with each other. I've shared this before. When you come in, you know, and somebody asks you how you're doing, I'm good. I'm blessed. Hey, how you, you doing all right? Oh, yeah, I'm, it's, it's great. God is good. He was really good all the time, and it's amazing. And then we find out later, you know, their world is falling apart. Their marriage is on the rocks. You know, their kid's sick. Or there's, You find out all these things after the fact because we're so afraid just to be open and honest with one another. What will they think? And I'll tell you, it gets harder the longer you're in the church. And it gets harder as you, if you're a leader in the church or as a pastor. What will they think? I'm the pastor. How am I supposed to lead if they know the truth that I struggle with this or that or this? You know, I'm, I'm human the same as you. But we all struggle at times even with prayer. Even the greatest forefathers in the faith have struggled with this. And that is a comfort for us today, to know that. You see, prayer is birthed not through actions, but if it is a true result of our faith, then where do we need to go? We need to go to the Word of God. 
We need to draw strength from the word because prayer comes through faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes what? Through the word of or about Christ, through the word of God or the word about Christ. Romans 10, 17. So faith and prayer then are birthed from the gospel. This is why prayer and, uh, in scripture, and scripture are so often placed together, all right? In Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, it says, In the first year of Darius the son of, sorry, Azurius, by descent Amid, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that, according to the word of the Lord, to Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. You see, as Daniel was reading the book of Jeremiah, his insight from it is what prompted him to pray. When you spend time in the word of God, when you're reading through scripture, many times what will happen is you'll see something or the spirit of God will be ministering to you through that or speaking to you, and that will push you to prayer. If you're struggling to pray, I would ask you, how much time are you spending in the word? Because again, if you're struggling to pray, it is what? It is an issue of your faith and your faith needs to be built back up to then result in more deeper prayer life. It is the word of God that awakens our faith and thus prayer. We hear the word in scripture. That is a way that we do this. But also when we gather here, what did we do? When you walked in, what happened? Well, we heard the word read up here, correct? What did we, why do we open our mouths to and have people up here playing instruments and Singing these notes. What is that? That's worship. That's praise. That's, that's interacting with God. Those songs, many of them come, are stemmed from the word. This edifies us. What happens when you come in and you're struggling or something, but you see a friend and they say, you know what? I heard about what's happening. Can I pray with you? Yes. And they pray with you. What does that do? That lifts your faith, doesn't it? How many times have you been at the bottom and you had that person in your life that sits with you and listens and then says, you know what? Let me pray with you. I'll journey with you. The interesting thing is a lot of times our situation doesn't change, does it? But knowing that someone is there with you, walking with you, journeying with you, when you're down, when you're out and you have someone to go to, what difference does that make to you? It's huge, isn't it? That's why it's so important. And that's why... We do what we do. We need to hear the word in scripture through many avenues. It is when our eyes become opened to the beauty of the Lord that we are drawn afresh to want him. And this is something I feel like I've been dialed in on during this, this first week of fasting. Is God, I want, to, I, want to, I want to know you again. I want to, I want to just rekindle that flame, you know, when you, when you first say yes to Jesus and everything's just awesome and everything's just falling into place and you're excited and everything's happening and you feel like you truly know God. 
But God, let me know you. Give, let me see, as, as the word says, see your face. That means get close enough where you can see him. Are you seeking God's face? Let me boil this down just a little bit for you. When you enter into your prayer time, are you more focused on the mode or kneeling or standing or all the surroundings? Or do you have your cup of coffee? Do you have your favorite Bible or this or that? Where in all that are you focused on God? What is the focus of your prayer? Is it reciting just exact words? If it's anything less than seeking God's face, than seeking God and letting him be your focus, then you're falling short. It will fall short. God has to be where our focus is. And when we can see, our eyes are opened to the amazing. We serve, do you know that we serve an awesome God who created this world with a, a word? Who holds the universe in the palm of his hand? Do you know that? I mean, think about it just for a minute. Do you still stand in awe of who he is? I struggle sometimes. I struggle. I've said it before up front, where we take things that are holy and we make them common because it's easy access, because we do it all the time, because we're just used to it. And so we flippantly, hey, you know, what's up, God? What's up, man? How you doing? Do-do-do. And God is our father and he loves us. And there is an approach like a child to a father, but at the same time, he's amazing and awesome. And I promise you, if you spend time dwelling on that, you'll have nothing left but to just say, God, I worship you. God, I love you. God, thank you for every single breath that you put into my lungs because I'm not guaranteed the next. And sometimes we just need to stop and just make it so simple just to say, God, I just need to see you. I need to know that you're here. Show me your face. Show me your glory. I'm going to make a few of these statements. Prayer is simply the articulation of our heart's response to who God is. To who God is. Prayer should be nothing more than a response. Think about that. Are we just throwing words out? Or do we take time to let the word of God show us, to stir our hearts by the spirit, and then to respond with just, God, what would you have me to do? What do you want in this situation? Though my flesh is struggling, though my flesh is screaming and I want to be released, I surrender to your will because you are God. But church, sadly, I feel many of us, myself included, oftentimes treat God more like that genie in the bottle, right? And you just rub it. Hey, okay, good, you're here. This is my wish. This I want you to do. Go take care of it. God of the universe, almighty one, go. Right? God, do this for me. God, I want this. God, I prayed this, so you better deliver this. Are you crazy? Let me say this way. Are you crazy? If I had a mirror, I'd say it to myself. Are you crazy? This is God of the universe. 
And how many times do we think he's like on a leash and God, go do this. God, go fix that. God, I want more money. God, I want this. God, you know what? My flesh is uncomfortable. Things are kind of hard right now, but so fix it. When do we say, God, you know what? Have your way. God, use me to glorify your name. No matter how painful it is. I mean, after all, his son was faithful, was perfect, followed every step of the spirit, talked to his father all the time, faithful, perfect, cross, death. How's that for a reward for being faithful and perfect? We're not guaranteed comforts in this life. Ah, I hope you understand that. I hope I understand it. We're not guaranteed that. We are sitting in a place, it's air-conditioned, and I'm still sweating, but we're, it's air-conditioned with a beautiful view, and we have electricity, and we have cool TVs, and we have sound system, and a mic, and a cool wood thing, and cool people, and we have all this stuff, but we're not guaranteed it. Would you still worship God in the middle of the desert with trash blown by with no guitar, no sound system or nothing? (sighs) (sighs) I'm not upset at you guys. I'm upset just at myself and (sighs) because I miss it so many times. (sighs) I miss it. Our best example of prayer is Jesus. Okay, if we want to look at somebody, we talked about Martin Luther. I, I'm going to, if it's okay, I need to just, I'm not going to ask you, I'm going to kind of inform you. Uh, I think we're, I think I'm going to split this into two parts. Okay. I'm going to talk, I'm going to wrap up here in a little bit, but there's a lot more I want to say. As you can imagine, as I said, prayer is huge topic, but I really feel like we need to get through this. And I don't want to hold you long. And I also want to just make sure we handle it properly. So we'll continue on for a little bit, but if we don't quite get through it, I'll just pick it up next week. So you're going to have to come back. Okay. (laughs) If you're new here, it's it's how we roll. So the best example of prayer is Jesus. Our best example. We can look at people like Martin Luther. We can look at even figures in the Bible, but can we all agree that the, probably the best place to start or best place to look is Jesus? Yeah, is that good? Okay. So Jesus is the Lord, okay? He is Emmanuel, God with us. Just in case you missed it. Jesus is the Lord. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Yet, he prays. He comes to earth. He's walking around. And he prays. Not just every now and then. He prays all the time. He prays constantly. He prays always. In John 5, chapter 5, verse 19, it says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his 
own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing, for whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. The Son can do nothing of his own accord. Everything Jesus did flowed from his communion and relationship with God the Father. So why is it that we, even for a moment, think that we can do something otherwise, do something different? It's like, well... Jesus, you know, son of God, God in the form of man, all this stuff. Yeah, he might have need to pray, but I don't. I know none of us would actually say that, but come on, right? I mean, in our actions, in our time, you know, when we, we get so busy and we schedule all of our events and things to do and stuff, it's like, God, can you just move over here for a little bit and I'll take care of this and then I'll, I'll get you back in. Don't worry, just sit on the bench for a sec. We don't see it in scripture. We don't see it with Jesus. So why would we think Again, that we can do different. This term communion, as many of you know, is koinonia. And it's the fellowship or community of Christian believers participating together in the life of Christ through the Spirit. You see, we have the same thing. Why do we gather like this? Because we have communion with one another. Why do we have communion with one another? Because we have communion with Jesus Christ, okay, who ultimately gives gives us God the Father. We have a relationship with God the Father, So we have communion in this place. Communion is not juice and bread, right? We call it, it is communion, but what does that mean? Well, it's recognizing the cost of your fellowship, of your relationship, of your access with God the Father. It came at a highest of high prices of Jesus' life on the cross. Why am I doing this? There's usually a table here, but we do this because there's the bread represents his body, the cup, the juice represents his blood. His body broken and the blood shed for your sins and for my sins. For what? So why? So we can have communion with our heavenly father. So we can have fellowship with our heavenly father. Here's another prayer is statement. Prayer is learning to enjoy the same communion Check this out, that Jesus has always had, that he's always enjoyed. Think about whatever definition or when I first mentioned prayer, and you know, if, if you're like a lot of people, myself included, you know, when you hear the word prayer, you're like, oh, a prayer meeting. Oh my gosh, that sounds like so long and boring. Oh, they pray for so long. But when you start to view prayer as a learning to enjoy the same communion, the same fellowship that Jesus has always had with the heavenly father. That's amazing. See, prayer is about relationship. Prayer is about communication. I mean, Leanna, she tried to sit in the back so I wouldn't mess with her, but my wife is here But imagine, you know, it doesn't ever happen. No. Anyway, when we leave this place, we are not going to go through the rest of the day without talking. We're not mad at each other. And uh, even when we are, we still talk. 
a little louder sometimes, but. But you know what, though? That's okay with God, too, to say no. Anyway, that's another thing. But, but if I love her and I am married to her and she is the closest person on this earth to me, imagine going a day without talking to your spouse. And again, please just keep looking at me. Don't look at them and say, well, that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> Listen, if that is, then you need to make sure you get one of my cards and we'll schedule time for you guys and we'll work that out. Okay? But imagine that would be crazy, right? Imagine going two days. Imagine going a week. Hey, honey, yeah, we're going to, you know, be together, live together, do everything, but just don't talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. It's crazy, right? But how many times do we do that with God? I mean, how would it be, you know, Leanna's here, and I just pull out a card. Leanna, please make lunch for me and dinner. Uh, do my laundry and just clean the house. Yeah, I and mean, give me a back massage later. And you just go on your way, you know? It's, I don't know how your marriage is, but it wouldn't go well, okay? Just because I wrote it down on paper and I say the words doesn't mean it's going to actually take place. But if I say, this might get awkward, you guys might want to move. <laughs> Sweetheart. We're looking in each other's eyes. Sweetheart, I love you. And I really appreciate everything you do. And it would mean so much to me if you would help me to keep the house clean by handling my laundry. <laughs> and because your food is so amazing, um, and I'm, my stomach is just partial to yours only. If you could just make me lunch later, that would be incredible. And I, I just love you. I love you to the moon and back. And then we would, <laughs> thank you. I was going to try to kiss her, but I think these guys would get, it would get really bad. So, but do you see the difference? When we approach God, just be real. Do you love him or not? If you don't love him, then we need to back up a step. <laughs> if you love him, then just, God, I love you. And I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why this isn't working. I don't understand this situation and why it's just carrying on. And I'm frustrated, but God, I love you and I trust you with my life. This is what I'd like to see, but God, ultimately, just use me, use me. And when we start to move to a place where we are truly in, again, that communion, and, and that's beginning to understand what Jesus has always had, and that's what we're talking about. I'm going to try to get through one more section. So we need to understand that as part of our prayer life, it's, it's the, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all play into this. They all have a part in this. And so what I want to do is I want to move for a moment to God the Father. God the Father. I think about that we, we, we call God our Father. And amazing enough, in Luke chapter 11, we find the disciples ask Jesus a very simple question. Lord, how do we pray? How do we pray? 
Because up until, you know, before you had to go through the priest, you just bring everything to the priest. The priest goes in and he's the one that makes intercession and, and you know, you got to slaughter animals and stuff like that. This is a new concept to have this direct access to God. And so they're like, what do we do? I don't know. And incredibly enough, he teaches them and he, he, he starts the prayer with Father, okay? In, in Matthew, he starts it with our Father. And you guys can, most of us could probably say the rest, right? Our Father. So it's, it's not just a Father. He's saying our Father. Our Father. And again, the very same relationship Jesus has always known with his Father, check it out. He now shares with us. Huh. Hopefully somebody's excited in here. Jesus shares. It's because of Christ that we can say God our Father. Fathers fail every single day. In a room this size, there's no telling how many fathers either walked out, were abusive, were there but not actually there, were mentally checked out. I don't know what's your image of a father, but I can promise you that you have a God in heaven who has gladly taken on the role. When you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to God our Father, and you have a Father in heaven who loves you, who cares for you, and will never fail you, and wants to see the best for you. Never doubt that. Thank you. Yes. I have kids, and I tell you, I fail often. Man, I should have spent more time. Man, I should have done this better. Man, I should have done this. But I rest knowing that even in my imperfections and the shortcomings I have, that my kids, I pray, will know who their God in heaven, God their Father is, and that he will never fail them. Some, some of you in this room need to hear that today, is that God, the Father in heaven, loves you, and he sees you today. He sees whatever struggle, whatever situation, whatever trial you're in, he sees you, and he knows you, and he loves you, and he will not fail. Never doubt that. Never forget that. God, the Father, loves you. He would have never taken on the title of Father if he didn't mean it. God could have easily been God. Who do we pray to, God? And he could have stopped at that, right? I mean, right? Why did he have to be our Father? Because of Christ. The same awesome, holy, all-powerful God is now, because of Christ, your father, my father. The Bible says our prayers are like sweet-smelling incense. I love talking to my kids. When they, when they come to me and they just talk to me and they're not actually looking to get something, which there's brief windows that happens. I've had some of those conversations. They just come sit down next to me and, hey, daddy. I'm like, hey. What's up? 
oh, nothing. Just want to hang out with you a little bit and, you know, just talk a little bit. I'm still skeptical. Okay. Um, what do you want? Nothing. I don't want anything. Just want to hang out with you. They haven't got to the advanced stage and when they see that happen, they're like, okay, now I can go in, you know? <laughs> but it melts our hearts as parents when like, wow, our kids actually want to be with us. Like when we're not forcing them to, that's amazing. But it's, it's, and that's, it's no different with God the Father. He loves us. And I, I want you to think about this. I really, I want this like a, an exercise. I want you to actually think about when was the last time you went to God in prayer and asked for nothing? Nothing. God, I just want to, I just want to tell you, just, I love you. And you are amazing. And I just thank you for everything, for, your, for bringing me to this place in my life. You're all sitting here only because God allowed you to. Do you understand that? Not in this room. You are alive and breathing only because God has given you the next breath. And the next breath. And the next breath. When was the last time you went to God and asked not for a single thing? For no other reason than just to be with God and spend time. That's relationship, and that's communion. So in verse 5 of of Luke chapter 11 there, it says, suppose you have a friend. And and so Jesus tells this parable of a friend who, if if some of you may recall it, where the the friend goes to his his friend's house, and he needs bread. He wants some bread. So he's knocking on the door. It's the middle of the night. The friend's not waking up. So the persistence, right? It keeps banging on the door. Maybe we have some of these people in our life and they just won't leave you alone, but they're persistent. That's a nice way of calling it. Um, but they're persistent. And so this is the parable. And, and then eventually what happens is the, the friend opens the door and gives his friend what he wants because he just wants him to go away. <laughs> right? He's just like, okay, whatever. Take whatever you want. I don't care. Just take, take the loaves and, and that's it. And so again, Sometimes in prayer, and that's what the, the point of the parable is, is that there's not an, always an immediate response from God in our situation. Most of us in this room could probably say amen to that. Because we know sometimes we pray for something and like, okay, well, it's still going, so we'll just keep rolling and, and see what happens. And so there's not always a response. And our Heavenly Father and friend wants us to pres- persevere in our prayers. See, sometimes God is drawing us in deeper and He wants us Keep knocking. I've not said no, but keep knocking. Because what happens is maturity comes and persistence. And through that persistence, we can actually grow in our walk with God. Sometimes God blesses us without even asking through his grace. Thank the Lord for that, right? Sometimes something will just fall into our lap like, wow, where'd that come from? God, you're awesome. Thank you. But uh, often the God of fellowship desires fellowship with us, meaning he wants us to come to him. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to bring any situation or problem to him. He wants that, and sometimes we have to stay persistent as we do that. We grow as we persist, developing in our appreciation that he is our friend and our source of all, all blessing, and that we and the rest of the world need him in order to be put right. 
He wants us to know that he, God alone is the source of true blessing. If you paid money for something and call it a blessing, it's not a true blessing. (laughs) Okay? God supplies every true blessing. Some of you are saying, well, I know know in our house we have a dishwasher. And I'm sure my wife would probably say that that's a blessing. And the dishwasher is not named Dell. Uh, I... um, but where did the resources come to get that? Well, from your job. Well, what, what put the ability for me to live and do this job? It all leads back to God, you understand? The source of our blessing, everything comes from God. All blessings come from God. He wants us to know that he is the source. And so we instinctively think of God at times without Christ. What do I mean? Is that merely he is Lord and judge, which he is. But if we remove Christ out of, this, off of, this, out of the, the picture, then that's what it is. That's all we have to work with. When Christ comes in, Christ brings in fellowship. Christ brings in relationship. Christ allows us to have communion with our Heavenly Father. Prayer doesn't make you more accepted. Instead, prayer is growing in the appreciation of what you have been given. It's understanding how blessed we are. The fact, listen, look, at, look around you. You're blessed. God has blessed your life. Even if you're going through trial and struggle, God, there are blessings in your life, and don't miss them. It's not as much about our prayers as it is about being united in Christ, and your Father delights to hear from you. And with the last statement, and we'll wrap up here. This is a longer one. Prayer is exercising faith, okay? It's using our faith, believing God's almost incredible promise that we can come to him, even though our coldness and guilt screams otherwise. We much, we would rather know that the most high is our loving father, thus relating to the father as father, okay? We have to know that the Most High is our loving Father. (coughs) Loving Father. Jesus the Son brings us before our Father. So we're going to, part one is going to end at that point. And I I would just encourage you this week as you, you go forward and you go throughout your week, to put this in, this is a message that needs to be put into practice. And wherever you fall on the spectrum today, you know, you're, you're knocking it out of the park, you know, so to speak. You're, God, it's just, he's here in every prayer, and you're in that spot, and you're, you're stride for stride, and everything's falling into place, and the birds sing when you walk out the door, and everything's good. Then God bless you. It's, it's good. And, 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 but, you know, don't, just don't lose focus or lose sight that God is the one providing that for you. You know, it's when we're on the mountaintop and we kind of lay back a little bit, but, you know, don't wait till things all come crashing in again. Stay, keep that relationship, keep that communion, that communication with God open. And remember, again, as we said, faith is, our, is the engine of prayer. It all comes down to faith. God's promises are the fuel and the discipline is the rails. And so if you're in a place today, and, and, and I don't want to just leave you this whole week and have to wait for part two, 
If you're in a place today where you're in a prayerless season or you're just struggling, start with your faith. Go to the word of God. Start with the word. Talk to somebody. Talk to a mature believer. Let them pray with you. And keep feeling. Again, it takes a while for it to catch hold, right? Imagine a, a cold stove and you can't just throw a log in like, okay, it's going. No, you got to get the fire started and you keep stoking those coals. And as you do, you're going to find your prayer life will become rejuvenized, okay? There's hope today. And at the end of it all, just remember, God the Father loves you. And he's just waiting for you. I mean, sometimes if, if I'm honest and maybe you're the same, I'm almost embarrassed, right? I'm embarrassed to come to God like, I'm just embarrassed. I, don't, I haven't spent time with you. And, you know, it's kind of like you're just walking in the room real slow. It's kind of like my dog when he comes to me, he's been bad. He's real slow. He doesn't want to come because he's just like, God, just, he's just waiting for you to come to, he can extend forgiveness because of Christ. You have forgiveness. You say, God, I just want to move forward from here. And just make it about him. Make it about him. I promise you, whatever situation or whatever it is you're facing, make it about God. And I'm pretty sure even if you don't ask specifically about that situation, if you just seek God's heart, and this is just my, I think God's going to do something for you. Because that's really what he wants. He wants your heart. He wants you to love him for who he is, not for what what he can give you. God loves you. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, God, and I thank you for this time together, and I just thank you for each person here. God, I thank you for this, this message today of hope and, and uh, just prayer and, 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 and how to open this back up and for those of us that are struggling. God, I just lift up every single one here, and I, I just pray, Lord, for those who are in a season of dryness who maybe are struggling to pray. God, that you would just rekindle that fire in them, that flame within them. God, that they would know you once again, not just know how to pray or now how to approach you like by a diagram and, and instructions, but they just come to you because you're their heavenly father and they love you and they seek you. They seek to be in your presence. God, I pray that you just give us a heart for you not for what you can receive or what you can give us or what we can receive, but God, a heart just for your presence. God, forgive us where we've just demanded things from you or expected this, this, and this without even thinking about the gift of your spirit, the gift of your love, the gift of your acceptance through Christ. God, those alone we should just thank you for. We don't need anything else. Everything else is gravy in this life. We thank you that we have relationship with you, and that's enough. God, if we can't honestly say that today, I pray we spend time this week rediscovering how amazing just being in relationship with you is. God, I pray we find times this week just to stop for a moment, even if it's in the workplace, while we're driving, anywhere we're walking, even in the mall, whatever it is, Lord, just, just for a moment to say, God, I love you just to come to you, Lord, just to come in, in commun communion without asking for a single thing, but just to give you praise and glory. 
And God, so we just thank you for that. God, I thank you for each person here. I thank you that we are in fellowship with one another, that we are in community. And God, that you do speak through us, through your word, through the songs, through the readings. God, whatever it is, Lord, that you use these avenues, Lord, to build us up, to build our faith that will ultimately fire and fuel our prayer life. God, I pray that every person here today walks out of this room with expectation of where their prayer life can go, where their time with you can go. And Lord, let us realize that prayer time is not separate or detached from the rest of our life, but it is woven in through every step, every breath, every moment of our day, and that we will constantly go back to you. Our thoughts, our words, our actions will always be, Lord, with you in mind. And God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.